0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, I want to first apologize again about being deathly ill enough to be spaced out enough to fuck up a bunch of releases, to fuck up at least two releases. Um, but you can definitely go check out the last podcast in the feed, which is a Sunday edition that I pushed forward because I missed the previous Sunday edition. So, what that Sunday edition is all about is the unfortunate closure of of Cartoon Network. So, go check that out. I think it's a pretty good summation of why Cartoon Network going away is bad, but if you're interested, go check it out. You can also check out the episode before that all about Parallel World Pharmacy, um, but This episode, we're going to be talking about a little show from 2021, and that is a show called Remake Our Life. Now, before we get started with what my thoughts are on the show, I want to give a basic framework to what's happening in this show because it's a time travel drama thing that that the show's plot comes up with to do some really interesting things with. And to get into the interesting things, I want to give a basic framework. So the basic framework is that you have a character... Named um, Kyoya Hashiba, or ha- Hashiba Kyoya. And he works in the video game industry. But he doesn't work in the video game industry the way you constantly imagine people working in it. He works in the video game industry in probably a much more realistic way than you probably realize. As kind of just a work-for-hire guy who has never really had, a ch- who has never really had a chance to build up a career because a because he's young and b because of the way the industry has of the shift the industry had ta- has taken to be way o- way more okay than with failure than they probably should be and to like prioritize crunch and a bunch of different things that mean that this poor guy can't get a can't get a break and the reason why I say that is because when they first when they first introduce him, I think this is really does a really smart move for the show. They introduce this guy who seems like he just kinda sucks. <laughs> who seems like he's just not very good at his job and that's why he can't hold a job. And but what they do very quickly with Killia is they show you that like No, it's not that he sucks, he has experience and like real experience in basically all aspects of game design with the exception of the raw art of it but he has experience in everything around the production of making a good game but because of the way his career has gone and I can speak to this as a person who freelanced for 10 years in actually right around the time period he was freelancing granted in a, actually for more than that time period, um, granted for more than, in a different country and for more time than he did. This is kind of how it goes. Like, the way that Kyoya's quote-unquote career or work life looks at the beginning of this show is very much the way you could expect your career look when you were just graduating from college post-2008 recession when every industry, especially creative industries, had kind of made a deal with the devil to to change the way that they used the talent they were hiring and be way more aggressive in burning them out, not giving them a chance to get really established, and it becomes a very... It becomes a very difficult thing. Like I can speak to this from having done it in graphic design and art direction and creative direction for over 10 years before I did what I do now, um, which I started doing exclusively because it was way more stable. Um, It takes a lot to develop a reputation in a creative industry. When you're not given a foot in the door of a full-time, salaried position, and for so much of the post-recession economy around the world, that's what it looks like for lots of creatives. We're all we were all kind of hustling, or I I no I was definitely hustling to like get jobs in certain areas that I wanted to be my area of expertise and for me that was fashion and lifestyle primarily I did a lot of fashion and lifestyle I did some um, pharmaceutical work and at the end there I was doing a little bit of insurance of like stuff for an insurance company but that was not that was a place I would have taken a full time job at but not a place I would have necessarily aimed for if that makes any sense and that's kind of what Kyoya's struggling with. Doing is like he can't. He's trying to do all the right things, but he's also living, trying to live his life, and he keeps hitting a wall. And so that's where they and they do a very, they make a very clear job, do a really good job of very clearly establishing, like, hey, this is not necessarily this guy's fault. A lot of this is the industry he's in. It is. The, it is the process of working as a as a freelance creative who didn't have who didn't go to a school it's a great job placement program and you see that and you feel that you, you feel a lot of times the touches of the original author of the property I don't know if this had a manga but I bet it does um and even the, original the animators in the and the animation director you feel their hand at work here in in like they know who this character is because at some point anybody in any kind of creative field or industry has been kill ya. we've all had moments where we've become close to or have living with our parents and that can feel really isolating. And if you don't have the right... And even if you do have the right kind of mindset, it can really shoot you you down after a while. It can really get to you. And so, Kyoya is following, like, a lot of creative people follow, what he calls the Generation of Miracles. And Generation of Miracles, and I'll get into the, like... Weird anime-ness of that, of that, or, or the miracle generation, I think is what they call them, um, of that, of this concept in a minute. But it's basically a this group of creators who came up together and now they are creating some of the best work in decades in the video game industry. And they show you the work and, like, he talks about it. And it's clear that these creators are deeply inspiring people to everyone in the industry. I mean, we're talking about like uh, the writer character, um, who you meet later, and who's, I forget the pen name he uses. The writer character has like um, has like Kojima vibes around him. The the artist character the miracle generation artists are like one in a million the the musicians are one in a million and this is a big deal like like these people get tons of press tons of glossy articles and they're doing really well and Kyoya says you know i really wish that instead of going and this is true of a lot of people actually i really wish that instead of going for instead of kind of listening to society and going for a lackluster business degree that gives me no skills and no foot in the door in a creative industry, I wish that I went to the same college they did because I got in and I didn't I didn't take that shot. I didn't take that chance. I was too... I was too unaware of what that could lead to. And this is a, this is a real thing. This is, a, this is an absolute real thing. I've, I've heard it from other people. I've heard it from people who I knew in high school who at our five-year reunion was like, Alex, I wish I was you. I would have gone to art school if I had a support system like you did that knew art school was worse anything. And that's something that people who aren't in creative fields, even people who appreciate creativity and appreciate art, oftentimes they are wary of their loved ones getting into it because the because the starving artist, because the struggling artist kind of sing. And people see that in the back of their head and they're worried. They, what they don't see is they don't see that you aren't training to be a starving artist. You are training in a skill set. You're you are training in of in skills and abilities that will make you money. Like it, as a graphic, when I was in school for graphic design, I originally went for animation and then I went for graphic design, and actually. My gra- my animation teacher ended up being a piece of shit. He was a real asshole. That's part of the reason why I ch- sw- switched. But I was also already considering it because... The graphic design department at the school I went to was very... Work-oriented. It was about teaching you skills that you needed to do work. It was, It was certainly about the art of it. And our critiques were always about the art of it. But the projects were... Things, and this is true of many graphic design programs in many um, art schools around the country, is around the world even. The projects were oriented as this is what you will be doing at a high level once you get there. It is our job as a creative learning institution to prepare you to be able to do this. And my particular graphic design department, um, which was great. And probably still is great. Also, was like, also, this is how you bill. This is how you set up an invoice. This is how you, like, set up a brand and carry it all the way through all of your paperwork and, like, all this stuff that you don't think you need, but you really do. Or, like, they, they said, one of them was, this is how you think about making a creative resume. Not a boring piece of paper, but, like, a piece of paper that people look at and they're like, oh, this person is a graphic designer. And that's a barely different thing than a big list in actuality. Um it's a little fun actually to make a design a graphic designer resume because it's it's a time and it's you get to use fun icons, it's awesome. But Kyoya probably came from a family that didn't understand that his love of video games when he was growing up, or his love of the arts when he was growing up, was a path that he wanted to take himself down. Um, and that's not uncommon, and that's really un- thats really not uncommon in more, in significantly more conservative cultures like Japan. It's just, it's not uncommon, you know. My friend Kie, hi Kie, if you're listening to this, I hope you are. I talk about you. I'm realizing about once an episode now is a little odd for her family because she went to she went to school for graphic design, and that's what she does now. She's an art director, and I'm very proud of her. Um, but the. So he went with he went with what society was telling him instead of what he what he wanted to do in his gut. And that led him to a path of still eventually working in the industry but not having the kind of communal thing that is I graduated, I have alumni to lean on, I have connections and even some like or I have Like I've have a specific life I've lived in art school that connects me to all the other weirdos who have lived that same art school life, which is a real connection factor as somebody who has worked in tons of creative environments. Like we all kind of have similar, not the same, but similar experiences in art school and art school is a very specific thing to have gone to. And, like, you see that in other people, and it's like you see your people, and you all all agree to pull the long con on the people with the money so you can continue to live your life. (laughs) If that makes any sense. And in wishing for that, he's like, if I could go back in time, I, and this is very important for this show, I would... Go to that school instead of the business school I went to. I would take my shot. I would try and, like, create with this group of creators and become these, and, and try and remake my life into something that I don't feel is as hopeless. And... What happens next is really interesting. So that's that's the basic structure of what the plot is. That's where the plot takes you. And eventually, by the end of the first season, you see what his life becomes. But here's the thing. One of the things about creativity and about just the the business end of creativity is... like The working world is not particularly well suited to be to using creativity to to making full use of it it is well suited to charging for it and understanding that it is worth a monetary value but it does not necessarily use the potential in certain types of creatives very well and It does, and a lot of working in creative industry is not necessarily. You get paid to do what you love. You get paid to do whatever that employer is paying you to do, and those, that may sound like oh, so what I love. No, that's a very different thing. Very often, when I was working as, and this is part of the reason that I stopped, when I was working as a creative in all over New York City. I worked at tons of great places, and I loved what I did. At the like, at the end of the day, I slept very okay with myself, the whole thing. But I was not allowed to do certain things because no one would pay me to do them, even if I was even if I was capable of it. No one would take that leap, or very few people would take that leap, and that's a real struggle. And that's really what you see in Kyoya, is you see somebody who has kind of become of what I like to think of as a one-man agency. He he has, or almost a one-man agency, he has experience and training in a real way in all the aspects of game design. I mean, he talks about cutting trailers, he talks about doing background art, he talks about doing character art a little He talks about composing music and you see that he dabbled in all these things in a way that like makes him employable. And they make a point of showing that happen right before it all falls apart again. And as that, as that happens, he, once it falls apart again, He's at his wit's end. And then he gets his... He gets his wish and he goes back in time. Only he makes a really key mistake. Because there's... There is a real difference between... Like, the creative environment of art school... And the creative environment of... uh, Of, like, being in a business. Of being in a business with a pre-established brand that your job is to maintain that brand and to maybe inch it forward, but not reinvent the wheel constantly. And once you become a commercial artist, once you become a commercial creative, not even a commercial artist, because creatives are in all levels of all industries, you kind of have to bend yourself to how the industry will use you. So you don't necessarily do the your full-blown art style. You do a art style, you bend your art style to the things that will sell and the things that are viable. That's why you see a lot of common characteristics in anime art and If you're going to break out of that box, if you're going to have your own house style, you usually have to really commit to it. Like take Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger really commits to their art style. Studio Trigger stuff looks like Studio Trigger stuff. It does not look like anything else. Other stuff might try and ape it, but rarely does it try to ape anyone else in the industry. Where if you look at even this show... The art looks very... It looked good. The character designs are really good and interesting. um, The character of Aki in particular is a really kind of like genius. Checking all the boxes design. But it also looks like anime you've seen before. It looks like it... It looks like you expect anime in 2021 to... In the, in 2022 to look, it does not look unexpected in the way that something like um, Promare or Little Witch Academia or not Little, Witch Academia, yeah, Little Witch Academia or um, a Studio Trigger thing looks. So what that means is if they, if they hire a new artist, that artist better be prepared to kind of bring their style back to work with the house style instead of the other way around. And a lot of this usually had to do with source materials and other things and you having to constrain yourself. Like, they were never going to make Dr. Stone look like anything other than the manga of Dr. Stone, but a little bit shinier. As much as people may have wanted that, that's always how it's going to be. That was a big problem around adapting JoJo's for many years, is that Araki's art is so unique and so intensive that it took a while for people to be like, yeah, we've got enough people who are capable of doing this in one's place. And who want to do it also. But what Kyoya immediately does is he... bring if By going back in time, he goes back in time and becomes like a college kid again, basically. But he brings back with him all of the cumulative knowledge of the industry into a college setting. And one of the only reasons why a college setting works is because everybody in a college setting is at the same point. There are people who are who maybe have slightly more or slightly less experience. There are people who have more innate talent than others. But at the at the core you are all there because you need to learn the thing you're there to learn. And that's not only true of Create of creative learning that's true of like economics. Um, but the, and when and when that balance is really tipped, you get you get moments like, me in my sustainability elective in college where I just, I nailed that class to the wall every single time. This was it was all that was also true of my four D class in college, which was like a general animation class. I nailed that class to the wall because I had animation experience, and I grew up understanding sustainability because of my family background. And like I was a star in both of those classes. And usually, that either happens because somebody has more experience at the subject they're learning, or they have more talent. and but even, Talent will only get you so far. And what Kyoya is bringing back in time with him to all of his classmates is straight up actual industry level experience for years, like for a lot of years. He may not have held a job for long, but he's done the jobs. So he's essentially a full-blown producer being plopped into a... Scenario in which nobody, everybody has an idea of what they're doing, and everybody's certainly talented, but they don't have the actual functional knowledge of it. And he had that functional knowledge and the where, wherewithal to use it. So, what you start to see is you start to see Kyo become come into his own and really be the person that you found out in the last. In like the tail end of the first episode, he really was. And that is somebody who has never been really given the room to run and be exactly and do exactly what they're capable of. He's never been really paid to do everything he was capable of doing. And in that way, he really succeeds. He shines. Their, Their first project gets has a technical problem with it, so it can't get first, but it gets second. And even the people who won first place were like, why the fuck did you give us first? Theirs was better. And the professor was like, they clearly didn't have the right kind of camera. And that fucked them up. So, it was beautiful, but it was not the assignment. And... when killia was confronted with that, he's like, I knew we were going to get a second because it was it was not the, it did not meet the creative brief. It was not what the client, the class, the teacher asked for. And sometimes them's the breaks. Most times them's the break. If somebody asks for a logo and you bring you bring them a video. You better be prepared to disappoint the shit out of that client. And throughout the show up until, I want to say, episode 10 or 9 or 10, he is acting really as this in this producer capacity in a way that he's very happy about what he's doing. He thinks he's helping all these kids. He knows he's helping all these kids, helping all these people, you know, become artists who are sellable, who are usable. But the thing that... The thing that the industry can easily make you forget, it's something that's actually demonstrated by everybody's favorite current fuck-up, Kanye West. Kanye West is immensely talented. He is an immensely talented musician, and he is an artist, and he is trying to express his art. He's also a phenomenal piece of shit. And he has, and yes, he has a lot, there's a lot of mental instability there. But at your core, like you don't, no one's making you say the anti-Semitic shit in the microphones. You're just, you're just being an idiot and a douchebag. And but the industry kind of acknowledges that like yeah, but he but like when he finally gets around to making an album, it kicks ass. When he produces music, it kicks ass. And so the industry, in a weird way, is like very ready to make the space for him to be a fuck-up and to deal with that. And ultimately, he will end his own career by de- by being this way. But it's also very aware he is so talented that this might just be this might be the other side of this coin and we need to be ready to accept that and that is true of the creative industry because the creative industry it necessarily often t- oftentimes the people the head of creative departments are create are creative themselves in one way or another so they part of their job is appreciating the raw creativity of stuff of of people and of potential employees so in Kilya's timeline that he came from, the generation of Miracle, the Miracle the miracle Children or whatever they call them, are these artists who it's clear they were so talented and so skilled and so good at what they do, the industry rearranged itself to accommodate them and to celebrate them. Uh, think, um, think, um, Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima is supremely talented at what he does. So talented that everyone accepts all of the weird shit he does. Think Sakurai. The guy who who created Smash Brothers. Like, people just accept that, like, he vanishes for decades. Sometimes. For years, sometimes. Because... When he comes with a product, it is amazing. It is Smash Brothers Ultimate. It is not a half-hearted thing, and or um, you think about Toby Fox, the the person who created Undertale. People were really accepting of I forget what his Undertale um follow up is, but people were really accepting of the way he released that, and he would really consider it with the way he released that even though he was taking a ton of time because they loved Undertale and Undertale hit hit the internet like a bomb so hard that everybody was like, no, man, <laughs> you do not, do not dare fuck with Toby Fox because he's earned the right to take his goddamn time. You look at the... You look at the way, people, and actually the best way to illustrate this is with an illustrator and a manga artist. The um, author of both Hunter x Hunter and once and um, Yu Yu Hakusho is making new chapters of Hunter x Hunter, and everyone, everyone is like, listen, you motherfuckers, if anybody, if anybody, if his editor, if anybody ever, fucking pressured this man in any way, we will hunt you down and we will bury you six feet deep. (laughs) And like, the entire anime influencer community is talking like that. I think like that. Because everybody knows that that creator has serious health problems that were ultimately brought on by his creation of a seminal true classic work Yu Yu Hakusho so when he set out to make Hunter x Hunter he wanted to make something that was the antithesis to that but he but not enough people knew the kind of health problems that were caused by him by his work by his workload on Yu Yu Hakusho and they wrote and they wrote they cracked him like an it cracked him like an egg ultimately. so now the industry has made has made space for his talent, has made space for his ability to thrive in the way that it needs to. And you see this more and more for manga creators because they are the the manga hamster wheel runs is electric and it runs fucking fast, and it is unrelenting. And the fandom, uh, the anime and manga fandom, has really done a good job of, like, telling the industry, no, give these creators the space to do what they do because what they do is beautiful and important and valuable. And what is not realizing in his bringing of the industry into a creative learning environment is that he is... He is teaching them the right things. He's he is making his like little cadre of friends, of of like creative friends, more sellable. He's making them more viable products. He's making them capable of making more viable products. But he is also a. He finds out quickly that he is severely fucking up the the miracle generation. Like he finds out that. Aki is one of his favorite illustrators of all times. He finds out that his friend um, Rio Konoji is like a writer he has idolized for his entire career. And that his friend his friend who was the writer, ultimately quits. And this is where the show really makes its point that if you were paying attention, it's made, the entire time and that is that creatives find their own ways and oftentimes a lot of working a creative industry is learning and finding your place where you can spread your wings the most without knocking over everything in the china shop and good good producers and project managers recognize this and they try to move everything out of your way as the wing as you're unfurling your wings. Bad ones say, hey, 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 watch out. There's there's a face there. Stop for five seconds. When you may not be able to. Or you or it may be part of your process and you may be unfurling and you may be not hear them. So I've had Great project managers, and I've ter- and I've had terrible ones. The best project manager I ever had was was when I was working for a um a real estate uh a, a real estate company that actually owns a shit ton of actual commercial malls. And I was doing a pro a brochure project for them, and it was freelance, and we were only about me and another freelancer were only about halfway through this thing, and like. The clock was ticking like we only had another week on our on our freelance on our on the job there. And I went to the manager, the product manager. And I said, like, listen, if like you need us to go harder. If you need to go faster, I can like I can streamline things and like really get to it. And she, she looked at me and she went like, no, <laughs> you're fantastic. You've done exactly what you need to do at every turn. You're really good. When when I had corrections for you to make, you made them. When I asked you to do something differently, you did it. You're phenomenal. We fucked up. This is this is on us. It should not be your problem. <laughs> we should not need to crawl to you for help, and we won't because we're idiots. But you did you did a trem- you did a tremendous amount of this for us. And thank you <laughs> now there's a bunch of things playing at play there, but what that really was with that with the project manager, knowing full well that like if she had said yes, if you could like you know step it up a little bit and knock some of these out and uh, knock a few more of these out than you normally would, it would be that would be excellent, but she also knew that like she was getting the best results out of us for what she needed and for what the company needed, not even she needed, for what the company needed. And there was not, no one would be served by, no. not only would no one be served by her pushing harder and her riding her team harder, but it would be actively damaging to the asset of the people who work there. Because something you don't think about with, Something that many creative environments don't think about with um, freelance workers, although good ones do, is if you burn out a freelancer, you're eliminating that freelancer from the pool of people you can call on when you need freelancers again. So in my career as a graphic designer, I did a lot of work for... Of, i i did I did work for clients on on repeat basis a, a bunch of times I did um work for the Episcopal church at least two or three times I went two or three times at different points in over a couple years um I did a lot of work for Macy's I did a lot of work for century 21 I did a lot of work for um cement block which is a um, one of the th- big three pharma- pharmaceutical ad agencies. I was um, a fixture there for a while. And every single time, they like, sometimes I would finish something early and like I got to do one of the in-store posters for Macy's, which was so much fun. I got to do a kidney cancer drug awareness campaign Design for cement block, which was so much fun. But they didn't heap that stuff on me. They saw that, like, I was going to finish what they were going to give me anyway. So they were like, hey, I know what you're doing sucks. Once you have some fun on this, it'll, like, take your mind off of the monotony of, like, inserting the same paragraph nine times. (laughs) Which is, like, mechanical work that needs to get done and it's valuable, but it's also not the most fun and they were also all very careful to like give me that stuff but make sure I wasn't getting burned out make sure that I wasn't that I had that there was a good balance there because they knew oh fuck if we burn this guy out if this guy burns out we're gonna have to find another person like him which isn't necessarily hard, but it does take time and it does take a lot of concentration for when we need a freelancer. And we already have a relationship with him and that's valuable. We already know what he charges, all this other stuff. And what Kilya is doing with his second chance is he is doing what he said he wanted to do specifically. He is remaking his life. He is bringing his professional ability back into a environment where he can establish himself as an authority early especially among the miracle generation especially among people who he will work with in the industry going forward and he's proving that he knows his stuff he's proving to his professors that he knows his stuff he's proving to his peers that he knows his stuff And what that will do ultimately is that will mean that when his professors stop teaching or or are on a job, they're like, you know what? They'll call Killia and they'll be like, hey, do you want to do you want to, you know, work on this special project with me for a couple months? And he gets to say yes. Or when somebody needs a new artist, eventually somebody he's gone to school with will have risen up enough and been like, oh, you know what? is the one we should call for this. Kyoyo should be the project manager for this company. Of course he should. But he's also, he's bending the um, goals of everyone around him. And he's, he's showing them the harsh, big, bad world before, they, before they've chosen to see it. And yes, they are incredibly grateful and this show does a really good job of showing the all the Generation Miracles especially the writer, and the writer is like the turning point for Kilya of being really of being really aware that like the writer's like I re, at one point gives this whole speech where he essentially says like, you're right my writing style wasn't fitting and I keep being so selfish with my writing and it doesn't fit anything anyone else wants to do. So what Kyoya has done is he has essentially taken the individuality away from a creative team before they had fully developed their individuality. He is essentially saying, listen, I already know this won't work before they've gotten the idea out fully. And when you do that in a creative, and in like a professional creative environment, it has value because technically one person is not the end, did not the end product make. Technically, it's about combining everybody's efforts. But when you're learning, when you're learning and you're forming your full creative identity, it's valuable to be given full latitude to do what you need to do, to not have to worry about deadlines, to not have to worry about all this other stuff. And oftentimes, one of the ways that creatives, including myself, like feed that need when they're in the industry, is like I draw incessantly. Lots of creatives do all kinds of creative things that have nothing to do, that have nothing to do with what they're doing as a living. And that's to feed that like creative need and feed that feed that beast essentially. And what Kiyoya has done is he is like he grates really harshly against what people are trying to do and what, and what like experiments people are trying to take. And he doesn't think about like when he talks to Aki about her art not being quite right for the game. He doesn't couch it in a way like I love this but he never starts with a positive and he never and he never he never goes to the creative person and says do you say like that's great and then he should have the and then what should happen is he should have the conversation of Maybe this is what the game should look like, but that would take all this extra and then adjust it. it because he's so because for a moment there, he loses goal of his goal, which is to remake his life, and it starts being about making making him and all of his friends. Better and bringing them up with him. And then you get to... I think it's episode 10, 11... It's episode 10, 11, 12, I think. He gets catapulted back to the present day. And his life has changed. He's now a project... He's now a full-time project... Senior project manager... In charge of a production group... At a video game company. He worked with somebody... He went to school with... Um... Uh... Kana... Kawasigawa... Um... And he's actually married to Aki. And they started a romance... They started a, like... A romance plot between Aki and um, between Minori. um, As a kind of... As as like a part of the drama plot. And in this future, he ends up married to Aki. And he ends up having a beautiful... ...fun kind of bratty kid with Aki. And then he starts to realize that what... ...that like the... ...the stone cast by him... ...bringing his professionality backwards... ...was that Aki is now a housewife. She doesn't work. She doesn't even draw anymore. You know, um... ...the character who was a writer, um... Ryo Kanoji is nowhere to be seen. Um, the character, um, Minori, has stopped singing. She's stopped her singing career. Kawa is is in actually the, the kind of the exact same place she was. She's still struggling. She's still doing her best, but it's not going well. And he sees that, like, his relentless pursuit of a sellable product kind of might have fucked up everybody's life. But what he doesn't see is the most important. Because I want I want to be clear, he has he married Aki, they've clearly had a very happy life together so far, and they have a beautiful baby girl. And by the end of the show... Kawasagala says like, listen, I love I loved you, I still love you, I've always loved you. If you for a second think that you fucked all of us up, you are a goddamn idiot. We all made our own choices. You may you may have exposed those things to us earlier. You may have changed the train track, but I don't think anybody, anybody we went to school with would trade their lives for the world. And what what this show really says is that what this show really becomes by the end and I think it will probably be the second season because of the way it ended. Um, which I actually kind of wish they had ended it with him just being satisfied with his life and stopping the time travel bullshit. But um, what this show really says is like Be careful what you wish for, because oftentimes if you're wishing for a better career or a better life, the things that have led you to where you are in life aren't necessarily always your fault. And they're like, by fixing your life, by fixing it, you may break some other stuff that you didn't realize was valuable. And so what this show ends up wanting him to do is it ends up wanting him to self-correct what he did but also still come out on top and like he he essentially decides to go back in time and be more nurturing of people's talent instead of more nurturing of their skill and technical ability to create a viable product and it's a very valuable lesson for him because his his career going badly put him in this place where he was so career oriented that he that although he loved the art of producing a creative product, he forgot about the art of it there for a long while. but the problem I have with the show is that it ends up being. I think, sending a bad message about being happy with what you end up with. Because what he ends up with is beautiful. What he ends up with is a wife who loves him, a child who loves him, and who loves them. He ends up with a job, what he always wanted, that he that he manages to save the product of in a way that will make him indispensable to that company. and And that company after the plot they have in present day is like definitely like oh this guy gets a raise and we just let him do what he wants <laughs> he ends up with this he ends up remaking his life but he also and but he's not happy with what other people with what have happened to the other people he's come to care about in his life what happens to them and what Kanagawa tries to tell him, hey, "Look, this isn't your fault. It isn't your fault that your wife decided to stop drawing. It isn't your fault that um Kanoji decided to get married to his crazy ass fiance instead of becoming a writer. This stuff isn't your fault. And more and moreover, you and the show kind of pokes this at him. You." should be proud because this the game you produced inspired the artist who is doing artwork for our game you have you you have had an effect on the world absolutely that effect is not only negative and i think that a lot of people want to tell themselves that they are the main character in the world and i think that uh, i think that um. That what's to say? That Kilya is telling himself that he is the main character in this, in his la- in the world, and that he should be using this power to make sure everybody comes out of it okay. But and the character who I forget the character who um is it the pink the little pink haired girl who ends up being the character like deity character who shoots him back and forth through time but she gets she she like she gives up the game before she sends it back in time the last time. She said, like you keep talking about this world like it's a mistake. It's kinda of beautiful. You you did what you set out to do. Like, yes, all of these all of the people in your life may have changed, but that's how it goes. That's the kind of effect that people have on each other. And the thing that made them not this way previously was you not being there in the way you were up until you shot back in time. Uh, Up until you shot forward in time again. And so when he goes back, he's much less focused on fixing everything for everybody. And he and they say it outright. He's much more focused on making sure they have what they need to be creatively fulfilled. And what this show really serves as is almost training mon, is almost training footage for a good project manager for a good team for a good person in charge of a team. And. Um, I ran into my friend Joe um, from high school, actually. Hi, Joe. I know you're not listening to this, but hi, Joe. And he's a project manager now. And the thing he said, he's like, I do my best to like support my team and like get them what they need and make sure that like they're on task and everything's okay with them. But uh, but real talk, my boss is a bitch on wheels. And that was probably true of my, um, of the best creative of the best um, product manager I had when I was at that real estate company. Her boss was probably asking a lot of her. And part of her job was saying, no, I'm going to protect my department and not let you fuck with them. Because you won't get what you need and I will burn everybody out and they'll all just quit or fuck up enough to get fired. And that's kinda of what Kilya had to learn. But the thing is here is that like he the version of the show where it's got one where it got where it ends with the airport scene with spoiler alert for this, but there's a version of the show where it ends with the airport scene of Kilya talking to Konsagawa and Khan Sagawa confessing to him and saying, you know, this isn't your fault. It isn't your fault that Aki stopped drawing. Aki you may have given Aki the like way to make the choice but she made the choice. She does not regret her life for a second. Aki also tells him this. And him going back in time again because essentially they wanted a second season um, or the author wanted more story out of this really strikes me as a have their cake and eat it too moment that this show would have a stronger message if it figured out not to do how not to do that. If the second season was about him in his new life, about him about like him trying to realize like oh, you know, like Aki, you're my wife, and you loved this, but, and you loved this, so why shouldn't you do it again? And that even starts to happen around him in the, in the, in the plot. Aki starts to draw again. You know, um, Minori starts her YouTube channel back up. You know, Kana Segalis him, and, like, does her speech? But I think the primary flaw of this show, if there if there is a primary flaw of this show, is that, and this is true of a lot of people, including me, sometimes, is that this show idolizes young creativity. It idolizes the like young creative space you're in when you're in art school, and lots of art school, a lots of Shows like this are also idolize it Um, Paradise Kiss is very much like about the art of fashion and like only lightly about the industry and it draws a clear line between the two and it depicts um, George specifically depicts all of them as Artists and creatives doing the their best work doing their best work, living their best lives in the best years of their life. And that show goes out of its way to really not focus on on Paradise Kiss, that is, on them later in life. Um, Honey and Clover, a lot of Honey and Clover is about the kind of, like, idealized world of art school and about the kind of, like, Dreamlike quality that they want it to have. Even something like Food Wars has that a lot in it. Although that's more like culinary school, but it's almost a one-to-one there, actually, um, between um, Food Wars and between um, Honey and Clover. But what this show does quite cleverly is in those last three episodes, in those episodes where he spends... In his new version of his modern day, the show is beating him over the head and saying, "Like, you did it. You did what you wanted to do. You didn't realize that what you were doing was also fucking up the rest of the world and changing it. But that change is fine. Like, just be, just because the generation, the like, the miracle children or the miracle generation doesn't exist." doesn't mean that those artists aren't still there doesn't mean that they, that like aki can't pick up the pen again doesn't mean that minori won't be a pop star eventually it means that they're not right now but it means that things have changed and that you did you did the thing that your life was not, you forced the scenarios your life was not letting you do. You forced yourself into the industry in the only way you knew how. And you're not satisfied with the results because you realize that that, that doing that force without a deft hand has fucked up a lot of other stuff. That has changed things in ways you were not prepared for, and that, that, and then it, and then it just forgoes all that and sends him back. Does, I think the better version of the show is where he stays in his current timeline, and he the show becomes about him reaching out to old friends and helping them nurture their talent and like doing and doing the thing that you would have to do if you felt this bad about your life about about the consequences of your actions and you didn't have the ability to time travel because all of this stuff is easy when you're in college it's not easy when you're an adult in a working world and Davin, they, they start to have this conversation with him and Aki, and he basically walks out on it. He walks out on his wife and kid. It's like doesn't make him a good guy. And Aki says, "Like, I want to draw again, and I think I want to go for a big. I think I want to draw for do art for a bigger project, but I won't be able to do that for a while. It's going to take a lot of work." And he immediately is like, you don't have to tell me twice. I will absolutely help out more with our kid. (laughs) Like, I will absolutely support you in the... In your endeavor to be a more creative person. I think he means it in that moment. And then he immediately walks out and is like, yeah, I'm going to go back and I'm going to change this. And I... like. I will probably watch the next season because I'm interested in what this show is talking about. But that second season where he is forced, where he forces himself to live with the consequences of his actions and to try and correct it in real time instead of rewinding the tape until he gets it right. I think it's a more interesting, effective show. If for no other reason... Then the recap of the first episode would be, I, sent my, I got sent back in time because I wanted to fix my life. Because I wanted a, re, a remake of my life. Only I didn't realize what I was doing to everybody along the way. And now, I've decided to stay in the present day and do my best to use my talent to lift others up. And that's where I'm gonna leave it here, um, since this is already over an hour. But um on that note, if you like this episode, new episodes of the podcast come out every Thursday and every other Sunday. Um Thursday podcasts are about like a single show, a single a single show or something like that. And Sunday editions are more metatextual, like the last one that was all about Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network's place as an entity in the fandom um, because Cartoon Network is going away. Um, so definitely go check that Sunday episode out. And I, the next Sunday edition actually will come in two Sundays time because I did the last one last Sunday. And on that note, I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you next (音楽)
1: Thursday.
2: 君は鉄と The